of economic Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Sess Show. I'm your host, Tory. Today is April 19, 2019, and it's Good Friday for um, Western, I guess, right? Western Christians, Catholics, Lutherans, anyone that's not Orthodox Christian, there we go, are celebrating Easter today. Uh, well, Good Friday and Easter this weekend. So happy Easter to all of you this weekend. I hope it's happy and healthy. Uh, it's Friday. It is Friday. Good Friday. It's usually fiery Friday. And our president left yesterday for Mar-a-Lago where deals happen and shoes drop. Now, before we get into today's discussions, which are many, we can talk about Rod Rosenstein and, and, and his statuesque, stressful position. We can further, we will be further, discussing Barr's statements, and I will be running through some key points and findings that I have seen throughout the reports. Uh, the article discussing what is missing from Mueller's report that should be there is still being worked on, only because I stumbled over a few things on... Um, during my reading of the report uh, that were very interesting that should be addressed. In the meantime, let's just understand, Mueller's, uh, Barr served his purpose to end the Mueller investigation. And I think the following video or soundbite that I'll play for you says it all. That's your headline. Report, no collusion. The Russia investigation is finally over. The news caught many people by surprise. This is a, a win for this president who for now two years has essentially been screaming there was no Russia collusion. He is backed up by Mueller. The results are in. And take a look at the headlines from the Washington Post to the New York Post. They're what the president wanted. The president has just been exonerated. I mean, can we just take a step back and focus on the fact that this is a nearly two-year investigation that has swirled around the president since day one of his presidency, and he has just been exonerated. Robert Mueller gave a very clear answer, and that was that there was no collusion. And it is, in fairness, what the president has been saying. This was what all the questions surrounded the president. Did he obstruct justice? They just cleared it. This is a huge win, hands down, black and white, for President Trump. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was a hands down um, exoneration of all uh, talk. Could you imagine? 
we have President Donald J. Trump, who has been in the eyes of the media for over 50 years. Rich, busy, outspoken, well-respected in the past. You know, it's only now that they've decided that they don't like him. Okay. Well, a thorough colonoscopy was given to his life and anyone surrounding him. And yet they found nothing. They found nothing to tie it to their false self-manufactured narrative. Keep this in mind. The Democrats, or I should say the deep state, but we'll just label it as the Democrats, are such losers that they not only lost a rigged election, but they lost a rigged investigation. They manufactured information. They manufactured warrants. They did everything in their power to attack this man. Now he's Teflon. He is Teflon because he is a good person running with good intentions, not self-serving ones. I guess maybe self-serving on the fact that he just want, he thought big and why not think really big if you're thinking anyway, and why not leave this world on the last, you know, quarter of your life on a high note, an even bigger note, not just a great property developer, not just a great father, not just a great grandfather, not just a great leader in business, but a great planetarch, right? A great global leader, a respected leader, and to make the country that afforded him the opportunities to be so great in so many aspects greater. Now that's awesome, right? That's awesome. Think about it. They couldn't even nail him on a rigged investigation, let alone rigged elections. So I just wanted us to listen to Tucker Carlson. Um, he was great. I mean, what he said was great, uh, but there were some portions that I disagreed with, but listen to what he had to say yesterday. Pretty good. I love Tucker. So after two long years, here we are. It's hard to believe that any of it actually happened looking back. It was two years of unremitting, never diminishing hysteria about Russia. It was a continuous wave of panic and superstition over unseen Slavic interference, all stoked by the very people we're told are the most rational in our society. For two years, our capital city became a, became a kind of massive CNN panel, a living monument to ignorance and dishonesty where the loudest and the dumbest invariably got the most attention. We just lived through two full years of that screaming threatening surveillance character assassination loyalty tests wild allegations of treason and spying and betrayal from office holders innocent people found themselves afraid to go to dinner scared to send text messages or talk on the phone for two years we lived in an all-pervasive cult of personality our leaders worshipped a 74 year old federal prosecutor who almost never spoke in public he alone was good they told us only they could interpret his will. It was all thoroughly bizarre. Demented, really, though nobody said so at the time. They were too afraid. It seems like a dream now, which actually it was. None of it was real. Nobody colluded with Vladimir Putin. Nobody changed vote totals or met secretly in Prague or at a P-tape, whatever that is. 
There was never a Russia conspiracy. Hillary Clinton wasn't robbed of her rightful position by Julian Assange or Roger Stone or anyone else. Hillary lost the election because she was an entitled boor who didn't run on anything. In the end, that's what Robert Mueller proved. The news anchors couldn't handle that. They couldn't handle that conclusion. It was too far from what they'd promised their audiences for so long. They were too invested in the lies. When the report arrived in Congress this morning, they found themselves reduced to huffing and sputtering. They couldn't admit what was in the report. Well, they told us, Robert Mueller didn't exonerate President Trump. Okay. I mean, that may be true, but only theologically. Mueller doesn't have the power to absolve sin. Only God can. But in every other sense, Mueller's report was exculpatory. If dozens of federal prosecutors spent two years trying to charge you with the crime and then found they couldn't, it would mean there wasn't any real evidence you did it. And that's what happened here. You may not like Donald Trump, but that's what we just learned from the Mueller report. You would have to be a mindless partisan to deny it. A lot of news anchors turn out to be mindless partisans. When the facts contravene the interests of their party, they deny the facts. Then they attack anyone who persists in stating the obvious out loud. So suddenly the very same people who lied to you for two years about Russia are demanding that under no circumstances are you allowed to believe anything that the Attorney General Bill Barr might say. Sure, Barr may look like a conventional Republican. He was a Jeb Bush donor and everything. And he does appear to be a close personal friend of Robert Mueller's. But that's why he's so tricky. It's all a ruse. In fact, Barr is a Putin stooge like all the rest. If you look at his behavior, it is not that of a geriatric. It is that of a partisan. But this looks like an inside job. We shouldn't take anything that Barr says tomorrow as anything other than performative coonery. Is Barr the president's new fixer? The answer to that seems to be yes. But he becomes the first cabinet secretary to plunge into the deep end of Trump's conspiracy pool. So it was an inside job. That's the reigning assumption in Washington. Somehow, the attorney general is preventing Robert Mueller from concluding that Donald Trump colluded with Vladimir Putin and from telling the rest of us about it. How is Barr doing that? Well, it's not clear how he's doing that, but they are no less certain that he is doing that. Michelle Goldberg of The New York Times announced today that Barr's press conference this morning marked America's transformation into a, quote, authoritarian junta. Her colleague at The New York Times, Maggie Haberman, suggested that Trump might be a Nazi because the White House played a song from The Sound of Music, which, by the way, is an anti-Nazi musical, but it's still Germanic-sounding and therefore suspicious. These are hysterical children. They should not be in journalism, but they are. In fact, they run journalism, and they have no plans on giving up their power. The Mueller report is probably the single most humiliating thing that has ever happened to the White House press corps in the history of this country. So how did reporters in Washington respond today when it finally came out? Well, they did what they do best. They celebrated themselves. Over on CNN, former Obama official, now posing as a reporter, Jim Schuto, bragged the Mueller report had, quote, debunked all of Donald Trump's unfair attacks on the media. At Jeff Bezos' newspaper, a guy called Philip Bump, was telling us that, quote, the vast amount of reporting on Russia was accurate. Uh-huh. Even they don't really believe this. I'm they sorry, guys. Lied. This is just perfect, the way he's putting it ago, out. BuzzFeed claimed its reporters had seen personally, with their own eyes, 
evidence that Michael Cohen had been instructed by Donald Trump himself to perjure himself. This was going to be grounds for impeachment. Of course. The editor of BuzzFeed defended that story even after the Mueller investigation took the unusual step of publicly saying it wasn't true. BuzzFeed went all in and they defended it. They'd seen it with their own eyes. He told us that on this set, on this show. And now there's no question about it. It's over. It's done. It was a lie. That and so much more. All lies. So what happens now that we know those were lies? What do we do with, I don't know, John Brennan and James Clapper? The two of them used to run our most powerful intelligence agencies. For the past couple of years, they've gotten a lot richer than they've ever been from yapping about Russia on television. Only problem? All lies. What makes you believe that he has more indictments? Um, because he hasn't addressed the issues related to criminal conspiracy as well as any individuals. Criminal conspiracy involving the Russian and Russians, yes, yeah. Is, is there influence, whether witting or unwitting, by the by the Russians over uh, President Trump? And and you know, in the intervening year and a half or so, uh, you know, his behavior hasn't done much, at least in my mind, to allay that concern. So do Clapper and Brennan get to keep their cable television contracts? Probably. In decadent societies, the guilty aren't punished. Only the unpopular are punished. Over on the other channels, they're still talking about Trump tonight, of course. They're not talking about themselves or their failures. The line they're quoting most is from today's report. It was apparently Trump's response when he first learned there was going to be a special counsel investigation into Russia. What I was talking about oh, yesterday. God, he said, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm effed. Well, as it turns out, Trump was wrong on the specifics. He didn't get indicted. Mueller didn't drive him from office. It wasn't the end of his presidency, strictly speaking. But as usual, Trump's instincts were clearer. In fact, they were dead on. In the ways that matter most, the Russia hoax did end his presidency in some sense. It certainly sabotaged it. Mueller's investigation ended critical momentum from the 2016 election almost immediately, momentum that every incoming president uses to get your program enacted. So I'm going to stop it right there. Guys, I, I mentioned that comment because they were jumping on it and they were attacking on it. And here's the thing. Any special counsel placed under any president's uh, you know, administration is a roadblock. We have clear indication from actual results of him being able to appoint people um, and just do what he's supposed to do as president. He was under scrutiny, delayed talks with North Korea, with China, with Russia, with Turkey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have had so many delays in our foreign relations because of Mueller's existence. It is incredible. You cannot even fathom how difficult it is. It's like he was running the show, right? The president was the president of the United States, but every single action he did was as if he was tied hand and foot together. Yet, even though all of this was happening, all of these roadblocks were in place, all of these, I would say, 
hindrances and obstacles were in place. He still managed to create over two and a half million jobs, cut our taxes, reinvigorate our economy, bring back the life into manufacturing, coal, oil, energy in general, farming. He did all that with his hands and his feet bound because of Mueller. So in the end, not only did they probe him and not find any links to working with Russia against the people of the United States, but their, I would say, obstacles didn't slow him down from getting the job done as a president. He has done more in two years than Obama did in eight. And that's with obstacles. Now, going through the report, I noticed that there were a lot of things missing from volume one because there are more volumes. There were redacted portions, and some of those will be unredacted to members of Congress under seal, I guess. But before we get into that, I want to play a clip from uh, Morning Joe. I want Mika and Joe, I want you guys to listen to what they said about President Trump after the initial report was put out, you know, the synopsis saying that there was no collusion, no obstruction, as they awaited uh, for the more detailed report that we got yesterday. Take a listen to what they said. About meeting with Russians, George Papadopoulos lied about meeting with Russians. I could go on and on, but I won't. I'll just say the media did a pretty damn good job. The media did its job. And I know, I understand, I understand, Donald, you're right in your little enemies list right now. You're telling people who they can have on the show and who they can't have on the show. And now you're tweeting again. Enemies are the people. Oh, is that anything like the witch hunt that you talked about? How many times did you bring up the witch hunt? And now suddenly Robert Mueller, he's a good and honorable man. Until you see his report, maybe. Then you'll see his report, and then all of a sudden... Listen, we haven't seen the report. He'll be a witch again. But let's just just remind everybody, there were 27 indictments in this witch hunt, almost 200 charges in this witch hunt. We had the president's own director of uh, Homeland Security say Vladimir Putin was trying... Okay, um, and let's talk about these uh, charges. Six ex-Trump advisors. So he's referring to Manafort, Flynn, Cohen, Gates, Papadopoulos, and Roger Stone being indicted. One lobbyist, one lawyer, one digital marketing strategist, 14 Russian nationals, three Russian companies, and 12 Russian military officers. Keep in mind, the 14 Russian nationals, (laughs) that's manufactured, okay? Because they didn't hack the DNC server. So that's manufactured. 12 Russian military officers. All of that stuff is manufactured. All of it. So yes, they did come after Manafort. Yes, they entrapped Flynn with falsified 302s. I mean, how do you have him plead? I mean, how do you plead not guilty to something that you're like, if I plead not guilty and they're like, but here's our statement, even though they're fake, 
you're guilty in the eyes of the law because you're trapped. They created them. Supposedly, they're honorable. But let's keep in mind, who wrote these fake 302s? It was Strzok. It was McCabe. It was Comey. How do we take what they wrote down as gospel? We can't. We can't. So how do you hold Flynn accountable? George Papadopoulos, really? You guys set him up. It was never about Russia. And the only reason they went after George Papadopoulos is because they had to make the story of Russians hacking the DNC server stick. Those coupled together allowed them to apply for FISA warrants. You guys have to look at the FISA warrants. They used the hack of the DNC, the supposed hack of the DNC by Russians in order to set Papadopoulos up where someone fed him information. Darn, the Russians have a lot of dirt on Hillary. Wow, they do? Like, why wouldn't you want to know that if you're working for the opposition? I'd be all over that. I'd be like, wait a minute. You mean the guy I'm running against has has a lot of, you know, Skeletons in his closet sounds great. Bring it. Let's use it. Let's let's play politics. Let's do it. That's a crime. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? But that's what I'm saying. Even Papadopoulos, he was fed information that they had already manufactured. The investigation started when in March, the DNC server was hijacked, copied on thumb drive and done, dusted and sent out to the dark net and then to WikiLeaks. Maybe the Russians found the same place a lot of us found information about these emails prior to WikiLeaks dumping them. Maybe they were on the IRC chat channel where all of us were discussing. Maybe they were there looking at the chat that ensued when Seth Rich was looking to figure out how he was going to upload, how he was going to file it because he was not a computer genius. This is what happened. So forget the Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos was the start for the FISA warrant. Before Papadopoulos, in order to entrap Papadopoulos, they had to manufacture this hack. This is where I'm getting at. Papadopoulos was just fed that information and on casual conversation was like, yeah, I hear the Russians have a lot, you know, and just like Barr said, it's not a crime to view, download or share information or publish it. It's not, but it's a crime. If you hacked it, if you went to the DNC offices and imaged the server on a thumb drive, now that's a problem. That is a crime. If you assisted Seth Rich in telling him, oh yeah, if you open up this file, you know, you could go search and this is the file you want. It'll copy everything onto the USB drive. That is a crime. But you know, Sean Lucas got his, didn't he? Everybody keeps forgetting about Sean Lucas. Everybody. Who's Sean Lucas? He was working with Seth Rich. What else did Sean Lucas do? He served the DNC fraud lawsuit. Oh yeah. By the way, he was found dead in his bathroom. I think it was an overdose. They say, right. For a guy who didn't really overdose. He's pretty nifty with computers too. So this is where we're at. Listen to the rest of the stuff they say. To influence our election 
and undermine our democracy in 2016. We had the CIA director saying the same thing. We had the director of national intelligence saying the same thing. We had everyone saying the same thing. So um, you all can, you know, do whatever you do. Uh, but I can tell you the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, newspapers also, yes, David Brooks, even people on TV are going to keep doing their job. Without meeting with Russians, George Papadopoulos lied. So they're going to keep doing their job. Their job is to reinforce fake information. Their job is to double down because they have doubled down. They've doubled down on what they said. They have literally doubled down. I mean, listen to this. Rosenberg, I... I, I think I heard you say something about this yesterday. I, 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 whenever I hear anybody say that um, there was an obstruction of justice, that he's cleared of obstruction of justice, I just apply these facts and this fact pattern to what would happen if a mayor in, uh, in Iowa had done this, if a governor oh uh, in Nebraska had done this, or Illinois had done this, or if any CEO, I believe you said, mm -hmm. if any Fortune 500 CEO had told his board members that he wanted them to interfere with an investigation one half of the way that Donald Trump did, they would be sitting in jail. Really? He didn't tell them to get involved. He was frustrated. Anyone would have said the same thing. This is them doubling down. And you know what I say? Let's remedy this. Bar's in his pocket, they say. Bar is corrupt. Don't trust Bar, they say. All right, then fire Bar. Fire him. Suddenly, they're going to love Bar. Suddenly, they're going to want him back. We've seen this movie before, haven't we? And you all know how I feel about Bar. But after the break, we'll continue to see how they pick this apart and how they're losing the argument. Of course, their credibility, too. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn, Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it? The more it didn't work. So you switch to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978, 855-700-2978, that's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? 
Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter and gab at Tori underscore says. And I publish a bunch of interesting things, but always in my writing, there are Easter eggs if you pay attention um, on ToriSays.com. And also, I write for lauraloomer.us. Remember to follow and subscribe to the page. Subscribe to her Instagram and she may be running for Congress, but we'll have her on uh, to tell us that possibly next week. Now, let's continue with Morning Joe and Mika, who are foaming at the mouth because the report isn't what they want. You know, so um, before we get into that, I just wanted to address the presser again yesterday. So yesterday on my show, I kind of went step by step throughout the whole presser to point out holes in what was being said. But one thing that I mentioned, but I didn't give much information to was uh, Rod Rosenstein's positioning. I did tell you he looked like a statue, but the thing is, as a statue, his body said so much. When Barr thanked him for cooperating, he took a really hard swallow. So much stress. In addition, when he talked about the length of time that the report took and how thorough it was and how he was cooperative in helping him and he didn't leave the Department of Justice because he asked him to stay another hard swallow. He was very firm in his stance, didn't even shift his position. I mean, we all know, those of us that have served, that you know you can't stand at attention for very long. You must shift. This is why we have something called parade rest, where you can make subtle movements to move your muscle you know, discreetly. He wasn't in that position, and you could see that his uh, right shoulder was dropped uh, toward, you know, um, obviously, that was the, his right shoulder was the one uh, 
directly behind William Barr that showed as if he was, this is like a, a subtle body movement that we do when we want to like take cover uh, to someone that's protecting us. So it seems that Rod Rosenstein is compliant and he's finding cover under Barr, but is very indifferent to him. Now, like I've said before, I do not trust Barr at all. Barr was brought on for a purpose. Everyone agreed. He soared through confirmation because they all know who he is. Remember, I told you that he postured himself coming out of retirement to take this position. I held a small basket, hoping that indeed, uh, you know, he will be trying to end his career in government or leave this world, you know, in his third and final leg of life uh, with some redemption for his soul, for the things that have been done and for the disdain that he has for a few people. But he did not. He had that opportunity yesterday. And I'm hearing from many people, no, 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 no. He was just reading the Mueller report. He was just stating what the Mueller report said. No, he was giving a spin on it too. He was telling people the context of it too. What he could have done and what he should have done as an attorney general is mentioned that there are things that he is investigating if he was that are not correct. He should have stated that there are many statements in here without validating them. He should have ensured that he wasn't validating the information that he was reiterating. He should have made sure of that and he didn't, which indicates to me because he is a career attorney. He is a career attorney general because he was an attorney general before. He is a career DOJ employee. He should have known better, right? But he didn't do it because he has no intention of doing it. And again, I pull through to the comment that he's working with Graham, Lindsey Graham and Nadler. Remember what Lindsey Graham is now pushing? A second special counsel. Any special counsel in regards to anything during your administration is a roadblock. Now, before we get into more detail about that, let's listen to what else Morning Joe um, said. So, Joe, you have Bob Mueller saying pretty clearly on page two there that the investigation could not establish a conspiracy. But William Barr's characterization in the March 24th letter and his characterization <laughs> before is it completely off base. No, completely off base. It is what William Rehnquist once wrote in an opinion, was retching words from their proper context. That's exactly what Barr did yesterday, like any political hack would do. He is not an attorney general in the common sense of the word. He is a political hack. I think uh, John Heilman, another thing that yesterday establishes is that when this presidency is over, uh, John Mitchell will not be sitting alone as the worst attorney general in modern American political history. Right. He will be side by side by William Barr. I so he's a political hack now, right? So William Barr is a political hack, according to Morning Joe, a political hack. That's incredible. That's pretty telling. I thought they all loved William Barr. I thought that they were applauding for William Barr. I thought he was the one that was impartial because he worked with the deep state. He's BFFs with Mueller. But apparently not. 
right? Apparently not. Apparently now he's a political hack. And you know how I would answer it if I was President Trump? I'd be like, all right, let me see where we go with this second special counsel. If Barr even says, "Mm, maybe it's a good idea to investigate this, he's fired. Or I would fire him right away. I wouldn't even wait for that. I would fire him right away. Because if you guys actually take a look at the report, it's 448 pages long. And we have an individual other than George Papadopoulos on application to certain individuals, right? For false statements of obstruction of, of investigation. We have one name that is redacted for personal privacy. Personal privacy is they will damage their image if it is revealed. Remember, he explained that. He explained that. Now, like Tucker said... This Mueller report is the most embarrassing thing ever. But for me, I'm more embarrassed as a nation. When the president of Russia said, I had nothing to do with this. I didn't do it. And he knows he didn't do it. And we all know he didn't do it. Because, listen, Putin wanted Hillary to win. He knew how to work with her. They had done deals before. He knew what to expect from her. Why would you want President Trump to win if he's unpredictable? If he's very, I would say, hard-headed in his bottom line, right? It's America first or it's not happening. Whereas Hillary Clinton is the type of person that would sell her own mother. He knows that if he drops a couple millions into her bank account, that that'll sway. If he provides some other monetary incentive that it would sway. So why would Putin want Trump? He wouldn't. He stayed indifferent because Hillary Clinton would cause damage to him because she's a lot of work and she's very evil And Trump seemed to be the candidate that was for America, America first, that would crush the Russian economy. And he would be unpredictable in the way he works, but as a businessman is known to be very straightforward. And and people know him for over 50 years in the spotlight as someone that is outspoken and determined. So that is not someone you always want to work with. Because you can't coerce them. You can't sway them. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, yes, you can sway. It's all about the dollars for her. It's all about, let's use Ilhan Omar's statement. It's all about them Benjamins, right? $145 million. That's how much Hillary Clinton received from Russia and get no Russia collusion on her end. What does Russia collusion mean to conspire against the people? How dare Joe and Mika state that President Trump attempted to undermine our democracy? What they're doing every single day by pushing this Russia hoax, by embarrassing our nation on a global stage, is indeed an attempt to undermine our democratic process. Our 
electoral integrity that they all know was rigged in the favor of Hillary Clinton. And yet they continue. And like I said yesterday, President Trump knew. And he said to Sessions, like, how could you let this happen? You're the attorney general. You're the attorney general for the United States. You are supposed to be defending the United States. You are supposed to be defending me. If, if, if president Trump was ever to go on trial on a global, you know, setting his lawyer would be the AG. All right. And he, and he expressed that to him. He's like, come on, man. History shows if there is a special counsel, you're done. Your presidency is done. You can't use your executive privilege. You can't do anything. It's a roadblock. How did you let this happen? I would have said the same thing. Everybody and their mother would have said the same thing. But apparently president Trump saying it may be obstruction. Are we insane or what? This is where they're grasping, not for straws, but for like, microscopic, you know, nine Armstrong in, in with hairs. Okay. It's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. The IRA internet research agency. Let me remind you guys that FBI face services under Obama's administration contracted with a company in France, right? To create algorithms for their criminal face, you know, it's actually not criminal because they have your driver's license photos too. So it's a pure database with pictures of everybody and their mother who is on some federal or state level picture. So that could be from working uh, within your state, city, or federal government, from your driver's license, from your passport, all of those are uploaded on a system. Well, the FBI contracted with a company in France and that company in France, guess what? contracted with a company that is a company under the internet research agency that they just indicted. Want to talk Russia collusion? There's your Russia collusion with the Obama administration. They're saying that the IRA itself in the report says use social media accounts and interest groups to sow discord in the U S political system through what it termed information warfare. Guys, do you remember When I use that term, the information warfare, there's an article that I wrote a while back. You could go into the search bar of torysays.com and put the word information warfare. That is exactly what the operation was called by DARPA. When they did that to sow discord and manipulate responses in regards to the Manning trial, when they use sock puppets, IRA did this? No, they didn't. DARPA did. DARPA contract. DARPA, DARPA, DARPA. And that outline, that I would say, oh, how do you say it? Um, oh, it's slipping my mind. It's like a, like a handbook was handed over to people that Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC worked with, which were Russians that were Russian Ukrainians in the Ukraine to actually formulate. They gave them the handbook. This is how horrible this report is. It is so fake. You could just go on DuckDuckGo and type in information warfare, DARPA operation, Twitter or something like that. And you'll find a barrage of things. 
So they used what they termed information warfare. That is exactly what the general who created the program called it at the Pentagon. This is just how set up and how corrupt and manufactured this report is and why. Because Mueller never intended to investigate. No, that wasn't his job. His job was to mitigate. His job was to cause obstacles during the president's term. That's basically it. And wing it out all the way to 2020. Because if he was really interested in determining if Russia was involved, then he would have had two things in that report. He would have interviewed Dana Robacker, right? That representative that went to WikiLeaks and had evidence that no Russian state actor gave WikiLeaks the emails. Would have had evidence. So think about it. If you're an investigator, no matter how weak, right? No matter how dumb something may sound, you follow up every single lead, even if it leads to exculpatory evidence, right? You have to follow it or else you're not doing your job. So the things that were missing from this report was that he never reached out to Julian Assange to verify his statements that Russia did not hand over the emails that he published. Omitted as well is any interview with Congressman Dana Robacker. So hold on a second. How did you do this investigation? You wasted $30 million, went up multiple levels on investigating targeted individuals, right? Targeted individuals throughout so many subpoenas, but you never questioned the congressman that had evidence that the Russians didn't hack the DNC server. And you never even sent an email or a request to Julian Assange to answer questions. That's interesting. That's very interesting. So you did not follow up on those leads, according to your report, because they're not in there. Instead, you focused on the 12, the 13, and now they're 14. They were 13 and now they're 14 Russian nationals that supposedly hacked the DNC server in April even though the emails were taken off in March. And so here's where I'll take everyone down a trip in down memory lane. So do you remember the meeting in March where Peter Strzok, other FBI agents, lawyers, representatives from Robert Bauer, uh, from Perkins Coy, like Robert Bauer, Cheryl Mills, Hillary Clinton were all there. They were supposedly discussing the mid-year exam, remember? They were asking her about her emails, and this is where they discussed that the DNC server was compromised. It was at that point that CrowdStrike did a thorough forensic exam, supposedly, of the DNC server. And they provided a report indicating that Guccifer 2.0 and some other Russian code was used. The Russian code that I can make it look like your four-year-old from their iPad hacked being a Russian. So they used open source code to make it look like it was all copy and pasted. It wasn't real. So they provided this report to the FBI 
And the FBI was like, oh my gosh. Suddenly we have George Papadopoulos saying, I heard that the Russians have a lot of information on Hillary. That's because they started the whole narrative, Russia hacked. And here's the thing. The FBI themselves are obliged under law to either use an approved vendor, right, to forensically examine the server to determine where the hack came from, but they didn't. Indeed, CrowdStrike is not an approved vendor. CrowdStrike, their report is not even admissible in court, guys. It's not. Take it this way. And I wrote this in my article, I think. Let's pretend that Joe is being charged with rape because he raped me. Me. He raped me, right? So what happens is I take the DNA sample and I have my lab that I pay for analyze it and they say it's Joe's. So then I go to court and, you know, the prosecutor says, well, we need to charge Joe with rape because this DNA matches his DNA. And Joe's defense says, well, hold on a second. Uh, The victim paid that lab and that lab isn't the crime lab or your, you know, law enforcement's lab or any vendor that law enforcement uses for the lab. So you can't use that. Why didn't you, why don't you get the sample of the DNA and check it law enforcement? That can't be right. And then law enforcement says, oh, I'm sorry, judge, but we're not allowed to have a DNA sample. We just have this report. What would the judge say? The judge would say, if you can't validate it through an approved vendor and you don't do a thorough forensic exam yourself, then it is not admissible. So here we are charging 14 Russian nationals. Remember, charging them, indicting them, indicting them, and then sending that indictment to a division that has no authority to prosecute or pursue. But you're indicting them on evidence that is not admissible in court, guys. Because let's pretend I'm one of those 14 Russian nationals and I'm arrested and I go and the judge is like, you're hereby. My defense is going to say, well, hold on a second. That report isn't valid because they're not a vendor. And Judge Collier in 2016 said that to Clapper when they applied for the FISA warrant because they used that information from CrowdStrike for the FISA application. This is a little bit of a tidbit because I may or may not have seen some of these applications. So... They use that report and I'm the Russian national now on trial because I hacked the DNC server and my attorney is going to say, hold on a second, FBI, that is not an approved vendor. That vendor actually was paid by the victim because remember it was paid by Perkins Coy, who at the time was also the attorney, the counsel for Obama. Hillary Clinton, the DNC, Nexium, and Backpage.com. So anything they pay for can be in the interest of any of their clients because it wasn't really verified which account the money came out of. It's just being said that Hillary Clinton hashtag, no, slash the DNC slash Obama for America paid for it. So we don't know who paid for it. So the victim, the DNC, paid to get this report 
and you haven't investigated it yourself forensically. Oh, and they'll say, yes, your honor, the DNC hasn't allowed us to examine the actual servers. Well, the judge would then say, according to law, you're supposed to forensically check it yourself or use an approved vendor. They were not an approved vendor at the time. Ergo, the evidence you have saying that they hacked is now thrown out. And guess what? The Russian national walks. This is why I'm telling you that this is a false an intentionally false, he knowingly intentionally filed a false indictment against 14 people that may or may not have in the past or whenever considered that they, they, that they hacked. Maybe they used, um, you know, information from them trying to hack credit cards from somewhere or schemes or whatever, but it had nothing to do with the DNC server. Nothing. This was a fake indictment based on fake evidence. Oh, not fake. We can't say that, right? Because we don't know it's fake. Well, no, we do know it's fake because Hillary Clinton, Obama, the DNC paid for it. So manufactured evidence was used that cannot be used or upheld in a court of law. And that was stated already in a memorandum of opinion by judge Collier telling Loretta Lynch, telling Clapper, telling Brennan, you can't use crap like this for the FISA application because they weren't an approved vendor. She clearly stated that. And that was in September of 2016 when they inched and approached to get the FISA applications before they were submitted and approved, right? So this is really important. This whole Mueller investigation was a farce. It was a hoax. This has never happened before. I mean, it probably happened on a lower scale, you know, uh, back in the days of empires and whatnot of colluding. But there, they would just slice your throat or kill you. Here, they try to discredit you, maim you, mud you, and then hang you. And this report is indicative of just how dirty and how fake and how phony they are. Think about it, guys. I'm one of the Russian nationals and I'm in court. Do you think that their indictment stand? No, it doesn't. The lawyer, all he has to say is they weren't an approved vendor until the FBI actually forensically checks the DNC server. They can't, they can't prosecute. And that's true. And by that point, you know, that DNC server may have undergone some, I don't know, beautification with hammers or bleach bit or tossed aside or accidentally upgraded. And the backup was corrupt. I'll see you all in just a bit. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to 
Tori says for the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So today is Fiery Friday. Now, I've kind of given you a hint of where I'm going with all this, how this Mueller report is filled with garbage, manufactured garbage, but the inevitable is to come. Okay? You have to understand that... This investigation, as we've said, right, is all about manufacturing a narrative to impeach or remove or stymie the president. I've told you before that in January, there was a meeting right before our president swore in. A meeting with many members of Obama's cabinet. Obama himself, right? And Chief Supreme Court Justice, because they tried everything. They tried everything to get something on our president. Everything. He could not swear in, but the judge said, you can't do it. This is all speculation, just like we see in the Mueller report. It was a big nothing burger. We said it from the beginning. The witch hunt that Joe and Mika mocked. Witch hunt. This is going to be the most profound event in any country's history. This will make the books of, you know, in a thousand years, they're still going to be looking at just how medieval, how Neanderthalish, how intrusive and how cocky a regime that has reigned over the United States of America for almost a century was against their own people to enslave them. It is pretty incredible. Before I dive in, I just want you to listen to what Kellyanne Conway has to say to set the tone. So, I mean, intent matters, and that's the whole point here. Look, what all these people have had to say over millions of words, thousands of hours on TV, in print, on Twitter, has zero legal significance. What matters is what the Department of Justice and the Special Counsel concluded here, which is no collusion, no obstruction, and complete exoneration, as the President says. This has been a political proctology exam, and he's emerging with a clean bill of health. There's no other way to look at it. And I want to say I've been with the President most of today, and he's in a great mood because he is exactly where this all started. 
And which is that his campaign won fairly and squarely. He is legitimately elected president. Oh, gosh, sorry for that. Uh, she used the proctology again. Like I said, colonoscopy. Hold on. It, um... Let me just redo that. Is that his campaign won fairly and squarely. He is legitimately elected president. And I want to say something else. The Democrats and their friends in the mainstream media have put so much that. into so this. Have they put, they've invested so much into this, Harris, that they got nothing. As my Italian grandma would say, ungats. They got nothing going into 2020. They have no idea how to beat him because they figured they could indict or impeach or frog march him out of office. Not happening, everybody. Complete clean bill of health. And, and uh, you know, there are other things, too, in talking to the president. I was the first person to publicly call for Adam Schiff's resignation from the as Intelligence Subcommittee chairman several weeks ago on your network. I'm going to double down on that. Not only should he resign, he should produce the evidence that he said he has. He said, oh, he can't go into big detail, but it will come out. If he has evidence of collusion that somehow the special counsel couldn't find over 22 months and $35 million of our money, I want Adam Schiff to produce that. He ought to put up or shut up, the way they talk about Attorney General Barr calling for his resignation. He's the chief law enforcement officer of this land, and he did a fantastic it, job today laying out a report, but it's the Mueller report. It's the Mueller team working with the Attorney General and the Deputy Attorney General. Do you think General, we need to hear from Mueller? 93 to 7. All right, so what she said is exactly correct. Uh, you know, this guy is, uh, you know, done with his investigation. It was a proctology exam. He came out clean. Now, a lot of people are speculating, will Rod Rosenstein, uh, you know, leave? Um, he's pretty much already gone. He's just being compliant. A lot of other people are telling me, um, uh, you know, uh, just out in cyberspace. Well, Barr could indeed be working correctly. No, no, no. He's doing just enough. So here's where I want to introduce something to you guys. Uh, like I've said, I know the Islamic Ark region very well. Actually, back in 1990, um, a Christian missionary had uh, coined... Uh, the Islamic Ark, which is kind of like, uh, well, in, in history, it's considered, you know, the eastern coast of Africa, the Middle East, and um, out to Turkey, India, where it would like be like a, a crescent. But there is a specific area in uh, what you would call the uh, on the planet, okay, not what you would call on the planet where we actually use when we're traveling, right? We use degrees, longitude, latitude, right? So Europe, Middle East, which is called, you know, um, small Asia, as they call it. Um, it's the, uh, and, and the Northern part of Africa is a specific region between 10 degrees and 40 degrees, um, 10 degrees and 40 degrees north of the equator, right? This is called the area of 1040, okay? That's basically what it's called. It's like a specific region. Um, it is coined as such because it is um, found to be through time always, the area of the world that is most impoverished, but also the most um, 
radical. Okay. So it was always an area of focus because the majority of the people that populate the area of 1040 in Eurasia, right? And the Northern African portion are mostly Muslim, Hindu, um, Jewish, and Buddhist. But two thirds of them are actually Muslim and the other one third make up the other religions. So it is, it, it is the belt of resistance, if I remember correctly, how it was coined. And the reason I tell you this is because every single facet of our foreign policy for over a century has focused on this resistant belt, the belt of resistance. You know how we call, um, you know, the Rust Belt in the U.S. or, you know, uh, we have the or the Bible Belt, you know, of the Midwest. This is the belt of resistance. This is the area of the world, 1040, that is resistant to change. It is the most abused area because people uh, of the Western civilizations take advantage of it. This is where they would get their slaves back in the day. This is where um, people mine for uh, minerals and, you know, precious gems without rewarding the locals. This is where we have uh, an increase in population, but... Um, and a decrease in uh, development. So uh, there's an increase in the population, but there's no development as a nation, which causes what? Poverty. Remember I said, why was Obama so adamant about opening our borders and letting more people in when the jobs were dropping, when manufacturing, when development or economic development was dropping? Our GDP was negative 2.5, yet he wanted to bring more people. What does that cause? Poverty. And when people are in a state of poverty or cornered like Iran, like Iraq, like Libya, Syria, keep going, right? Egypt, Sudan, we could keep on going with the names there. You can exercise control. So this resistant belt, this 1040 belt has always been the source of wars in our modern times for the past hundred years. It would be based on petrodollars. It would be based on mineral rights. It would be based on slavery. It would be based on cheap labor. It would be based on changing countries and regimes. So we would be influencing changes in countries and regimes. There was the source of everything. And in the middle stood little Israel who was awarded borders after uh, the atrocious crimes against them. And many that have been in this resistant belt resisted that change. They resisted the development stage. They resisted westernizing themselves because those in power in those nations refuse to forfeit their right to command their people or use their people as it has been practiced for many years. Don't think that the British or, um, you know, Americans that would sail to, to Nigeria and go by the river Niger and pick up 
slaves were doing it at gunpoint or by threat. It was the leaders themselves within these nations that would hand over their own people. Don't think twice about the, the problems they have in Congo, in Rwanda, in Uganda, in Sudan, or any other nation in Africa or the Middle East, that all this happens without knowledge of those that rule them. They are compliant. This section of the world is the most abused section of the world we have ever seen. Look at India. Population growth like crazy. And what do they get in return? Our call centers, outsourcing. And that is all for the very few and the negotiations that are done with leaders. Never to allow India to create their own, but to support others. The reason I say this is because this is where it stems from. This drive to dominate. This drive to go forward. Where is our president today? He's out in Florida. What happens in Mar-a-Lago? That's where deals happen. And he left yesterday knowing that the roadblock called Mueller is done. He's out. The manufactured investigations finished. And you know... Congress can do all they want, all they want. They subpoenaed Mueller to come at the end of May. They're questioning other people. They're demanding unredacted parts. They can have it. That's volume one. Take it. Volume one means there's more volumes to come. Volumes that are still being investigated. And you know what? This was the most volume one of the Mueller report was investigating what Trump organization, employees, family members, President Trump himself from campaign to being president, his cabinet, et cetera. If anyone colluded with Russia and they did it, a fixed investigation and they lost that too. Remember that they manufactured an investigation and they still lost the crime to attach it because that's how clean and how pro-America our president is. They tried to skew, one would say, the visuals in regards to him working on a Moscow project and expanding his company. And you know, it was Cohen that was sending these emails and these translated things that he would just print out and have the president sign. Poor Cohen. He shouldn't have never made that deal in 2012, right? What is going to come out is going to empty a lot of seats in the House. Now, will Barr do that? I'm not sure. I know that he needs to go. We need to slot Whitaker back in because Whitaker's still there. He needs to come back in. He should come back in. It's important that he does come back in. Because William Barr is not capable of putting all these people away for a very long time. It would be a great glory to him 
to know that all the harm he had done with Bush 41 and how he helped the Clintons enslave Americans in poverty and how he privatized prisons to make slavery legal. He could indeed find some redemption by following through and holding all of them accountable. But unfortunately, I do not trust it because under the guise of righteousness, you can place your own people in right now. And like I predicted yesterday, the FBI, CIA and DOJ are cannibalizing each other. Everyone is turning on everyone. There's no stopping this. This is an avalanche. And what we see is the media's intentions, their intentions to keep the narrative going. They're doubling down. What is What does that leave us though with? How do they survive this? Because in the end, we don't have a media we can trust. We can't listen to them anymore. We are stuck. We will not have what we used to have We will not have access to news 24-7 through CNN because no one will be watching after what they have done. So it is really important that we pay attention and understand just how huge this is. It is massive. They have no way of stopping what's coming. They have no way to mitigate this because they don't have eyes on it anymore. The only reason they want the Mueller report, the unredacted version is because they want to know what they need to mitigate. Many of them aren't, I would say direct contributors to the manufacturing of this fake you know, Russian hack. Um, They're not directly involved with uh, the false narrative of the uh, Russia collusion. They're not directly involved with talks that happened during the Obama administration with the former president, Barack Hussein Obama himself, on how they can stop Trump from being elected. They're not directly involved. But the people that are have insurance policies on them. And this is where we will see many of them deciding not to run again in 2020 and many of them stepping down prior to 2020 because you don't want to risk it. You want to have your name redacted as personal privacy because if your personal privacy is there, then you can just go away in the dark and no one will ever think of you again with your tail between your legs. But you know what? Not anymore. That's not on the table anymore. An eye for an eye. And you know how many eyes they've taken? Tons of them. How many people in the United States they've assailed? Tons of them. Every single American has been violated by their actions. Every single one. Because they tried take control of our government by force so long they it's been easy for them to get away with it because if you control the media you control the narrative and you control everything you know Mitt Romney right I never liked him never liked him 
And during that election, I voted for myself. And I know it's bad. It was a throw. There was no way I was going to vote for Mitt Romney, not because of the garbage that was coming out, but the fact that he was the same garbage as Obama. Same garbage in, as Obama. And you know, in essence, voting for Obama the second time, sweet, because it's just a continuance of garbage. So it'll be one full legacy that you have to impeach because we're going to see the impeachment. It is inevitable that we're going to see the impeachment of Barack Hussein Obama because nothing like this can happen under your watch without you knowing under your watch without your approval. And apparently your lawyer, Robert Bauer, who has been indicted damning stuff. You can claim client client attorney privilege, but did you guys really honor that for president Trump? I don't think so. I'm still waiting to see how we can get around this presidential archive thing. We need to get around that. Are we swiping it? Are we penning it off? I mean, today I'm awaiting some really big stuff to happen. This is what, this is the word on the street. Some really big stuff is happening that the justice department will be making some really cool announcements, but where are they? I'm still waiting for it in regards to this witch hunt. What do we, what, what can we say on this? What can we say on this witch hunt? The fact that President Barack Obama spearheaded it. The fact that his CIA, his DIA, those that the mainstream media praises, how could they sit there and praise Clapper and Brennan who applauded the forced resignation of General Flynn because he said no, because they didn't like the fact that he was an honest man. And to remember that, John know your place, right? That was the most despicable thing ever. Many people say that what happened to General Flynn was a crime. It was. And it happened long before this Mueller investigation, long before, because they were monitoring General Flynn from the day he resigned. Hmm curious, just like they monitor a lot of people that left from the day they resigned, from the day they said no more, from the day their operation was shut down and they said, no, thank you. I'm good. What they did to General Flynn will indeed be the nail on the coffin. He knows where all the bodies are buried and that's literal and figurative. But it's not just him. How many of us have served under General Flynn in one shape or form? How many United States citizens across the nation right now, and some of them across the globe, have been watching and paying attention and taking names? Mentally, of course. Can't document a lot of things. Don't want to end up like Petraeus, right? How many people have been observing? How many people have been Posting, sending emails, complaining. How many? Hundreds of thousands. How many of you have at least put one tweet, one Facebook post expressing your grievances? One drop, my dad have once told me. One drop, he said, 
So when a glass is full all the way to the brim, the difference between the water overspilling and staying just there at the brim full is one drop. That one tiny drop can make the difference. So when you have hundreds of thousands of drops collecting in a glass throughout the years and it's sitting nicely on the table right to the brim, what will that last drop be that will spill over and spill the beans on everything? Think of what small drop can happen. One small. I mean, we'll discuss a little bit, but like I said, (laughs) this is going to be a wild weekend because next week it's going to be super huge, but it starts today. It's Good Friday. So the debate is, do we wait till Easter Monday for the Catholics or do we drop it on a Good Friday? What do we do? What is the Christian thing to do? I mean, for me, it's Palm Sunday. This, you know, we Greek Orthodox celebrate our Easter. Our Holy Week is at the same time as the Passover for the Jews, which is next week. So um, think about it. What is that one drop that will make it spill? Considering the table is already on a rocky stance and moving. Not stable at all anymore, is it? Think about that. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. 
So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Says Show, and this is the last half hour where we heat it up. Remember when I spoke two months ago about Long Beach, California, and how it wasn't two months ago, actually. It was in January, January 13th. I talked about Nancy Pelosi. I talked about her container companies. Long Beach, California. You guys remember that? How a ship with containers left Long Beach, went to Hawaii and then ended up in Australia with like three tons of meth. Do you guys remember that? If not, we can revisit. It was like January 13th. I wrote the article on Pelosi. So feel free to go to Tori maybe type in Pelosi. It's a picture of her looking like a queen. I've expressed to you how our president has now, like I said, with the executive orders has now put forward new regulations on how people apply for ports of entry or developments like at airports, shipping ports, ports of entry, northern, southern border, you name it, has to go through Pompeo. Has to go. And all of them that have been allowed uh, to be created, or let's pretend, okay, let's see. I have um, ships uh, that are with shipping containers and private yachts and whatnot. I own a port in Long Beach, California, and I have uh, agents that inspect things. You know, we have our border patrol uh, that get all the, you know, you would call them shipping warrants, right? Because they're like kind of like trains have track warrants that they're allowed to move and go. It's kind of the same thing in the shipping industry. And, you know, um, actually my eldest daughter, her godfather is a shipping, (laughs) shipping tycoon guy uh, out in Europe. So I, I, I'm pretty familiar of how the shipping industry works. Uh, Familiar, but not an expert. Okay. Let's just say that. Okay. (laughs) So, 
they have like these shipping warrants. So these shipping warrants uh, are kind of like declarations. This is what I have. And I'd like permission to come in, etc. And you have uh, people that you contract either through, um, you know, border patrol, Homeland security, or one of their vendors that are approved to inspect and, you know, do whatever, obviously every now and then there's spot checks from Homeland security that come down. But anyway, so the way the plan is like, I have these many managers, these, how many ships are coming? This is what's in place. Those are all going to be inspected now by the secretary of state. And obviously Homeland security is going to have to give like a detailed report for each of those areas of, you know, how they operate and whatever. Right. So shipping containers, let me just... And now I can only speculate that that shipping container, and I'm smiling right now just so you guys, I can only speculate because I wasn't there and Australia hasn't released any information except for announcing that, you know, a ship that came in, uh, originating from Long Beach, California with a container company that is very similar to a name of a container company that the Pelosi's have investments in was found to have three tons of methamphetamine. Now, this was reported in February, end of January, by the mainstream media. I was talking about her containers on January 13th. The reason I was talking about it is because it's through these containers that they move what? Weapons, people, drugs. I've mentioned this. Why? We have a lot of problems in California. We have a lot of Congress persons and senators in California that are trying to mitigate the inevitable of what's to come. Maxine Waters, so upset. Pelosi, so upset. Schiff, so upset. All of them. Have you guys ever gone to Legistorm to kind of just free, it's free, where you can download their self-declared financials that they have to do every year? They're so upset. So upset that Long Beach, California right now is being... Mm, is undergoing the process of recertifying their ports. Yachts, permits, licenses, import, export, logs, warrants, travel logs, personnel hired, contractors with Homeland Security companies that are being outsourced work. Pretty interesting. Now, one would say that there are many peers that are of interest. You know, maybe peers where boats that don't have permits park Votes leave those specific peers. I don't know. How many are there? 
How many peers are there? Tons of them. But on average, let's think about it. On average, when you have um, boats owned by those that are rich, are they able to leave and enter waters easily? Can they travel easily with um, permission from the Coast Guard uh, without much investigation? Like, have you ever gotten on a yacht to just go somewhere? Like, yeah, I'm getting on my yacht right now and I'm leaving Long Beach and I'm going to Mexico. Have you guys ever done that? Well, I remember... um, when I was a kid, we had, uh, a yacht and a timeshare down in Florida. And I still remember as a child, how tedious it was to put in paperwork, tell them where you're going because they want to keep an eye on you. You know, if you get in trouble or anything like that. So it's, Something people need to think about, paperwork. Now, speaking of um, Long Beach and containers, I think it's important we talk about, you know, have you guys ever been to the piers in New York? If you have, then you know how awesome they are, first of all, right? Super awesome. But you'll also know the most uh, important one is Pier 40 at um, Hudson River Park. Um, it's pretty awesome. It has like a facility for like, um, you know, to work out. It's got, it's got tons of stuff, right? Okay. It's on the West end, um, right off Houston. It's, it's pretty cool. And the Knights, it's the rugby league kind of hangs out there. It's pretty cool. There's a lot to do. And it also has a lot of these, um, clubs. So in the meat district after hours, for those of you that are familiar with these, uh, this nightlife thing, there are certain raves or parties or things that are organized that may make you feel like they go bump in the night where it's kind of like you only know about it because someone told you about it and you've been invited, um, where you would go down to the meat district and, you know, in some warehouse, just there's like this extravagant party. There was stuff like that going on around pier 42. I thought I'd just mention that reason I'm mentioning it is because New York city has been very busy this week. I mean, one would say they are really, really busy, uh, probing, giving a a thorough colonoscopy to the Trump organization. Remember, and part of that team is who? Comey's daughters on that team. Pretty funny, huh? But they've been busy on other fronts. Busy on other fronts because of of a certain arrest, from what I hear. A certain arrest of a cartel reason I mention it, Long Beach, is because the Sinaloa cartel has been 
pretty much terminated by arresting a bunch of their guys for money laundering. And President Trump was able to get a couple of these guys extradited from Mexico to the United States to face charges. Now, they've been um, money laundering millions upon millions of dollars. Um, these people have been money laundering for the, the Sinaloa cartel. So the Sinaloa cartel is one of the big coca dealers, right? Cocaine everywhere. One of the biggest ones. But these guys have been laundering the money. So far, 25 people have pled guilty to money laundering. Now, do you remember when El Chapo said that he paid the president $100 million? And do you remember how it was circulated but never verified that a few members of Congress or from California had some dealings um, in Mexico by way of um, import-export products? I've mentioned it. Oh, I have to be very careful what I say today. Well, when you're making a lot of money and you're in office, it's always a red flag. I've mentioned how many of them do it through insider trading. You'll notice that a lot of them own stock or are gifted stock options or, or stock in general from companies like Facebook and Twitter. And they buy a lot of Google too, or they're gifted Google, God knows. But they have these extensive portfolios of companies that are within companies that are within companies that are within companies. And it makes you wonder sometimes... I thought you were a public servant. How did you make so much money? Kind of like Ocasio-Cortez tried to get a book deal. Like it would probably be a picture book. Anyway, so they always try to make money off of the fact that they are in a position of power. Uh, now, getting a book deal or a Netflix deal or something like that is one way of saying taking advantage of your position. But it's not really criminal because that is your job and whatever. But it is criminal when you use your position to evade the law and maybe participate in activities that are indeed criminal, but they're so far and apart and removed from you that you believe cannot be tracked back. International money laundering is a big deal. Because it goes through many, many hands. For example, let's pretend I was in my house and I, I don't know, made three kilograms of meth. Now, if I sell that, let's say for a million dollars, which is not the price, I have to, you know, be careful of how I have a million dollars. I mean, any deposit to my account over $10,000 is flagged. I mean, I can only say so much. If I haven't won the lottery, what did I do? It's not like I prostituted myself because that's illegal in my state. So I've got to make sure that this money can't be seen or it comes back to me clean. So basically what happens is that million dollars goes into like an account. I don't know hypothetically speaking, uh, in the Caribbean, 
And that's a company that starts to pay me a consulting fee of something crazy like $25,000 because I'm that good. But I don't get the full $25,000. 5000 of that goes into like another account because I'm investing. So suddenly I get a steady paycheck of money coming in, right? And maybe a bonus every year, I don't know, maybe $250,000 because I'm such a great employee. And I've created this company and since it's outside of the United States and on paper it looks legit that I'm working, right? Um, looks like income from whatever. And then that $5,000 or it could be the 20 and I'm only getting five, so it's really incognito, could be put into a portfolio that looks like a stock option or an investment that has been growing. So two years from now, I decide to pull out that money and get half a million dollars in one go. Well, it'll look like I sold an investment that just multiplied really well. And so the IRS is happy with that. I've just cleaned up my money. Now, if I want to make it any faster um, and get this money faster, I can manufacture a company or use a company that's well-seasoned that's been around, I don't know, for 20 years and pretend that I've been investing in that a small amount of money of like $1,000. And so that company manufactures books that indicate that that has been done so, which then goes to another company, then then goes to another company and then another company and then comes back to me as a dividend or as a buyout or as a sellout. You see, when you wash money, you don't literally put it in a washing machine, right? We all know that, but we put it through different channels. So it comes back to us to look like we've legally obtained it. So for example, Nancy Pelosi has a lot of money, but she came into a lot of money just a couple years ago. So when she filed her financials, you'll see that she suddenly got loans. So the loans would actually justify money that she's using. So when she takes these loans or lines of credit or mortgages, you know, she drops them into account on the Caymans and suddenly has a cash injection, which is from the loans. But in essence, it's a way to further her investments so that way she can bring money back to her. So what will be interesting to see this year is her filings. We must keep our eye out because you always follow the money and that's going to be coming to fruition soon because there's always a time limit. You just have to pay attention. Why would she suddenly get all these lines of credit when she has so much money? Because by getting a line of credit, looks like you're getting money from somewhere and it looks legit. So Pelosi is under scope. A lot of people on the East Coast under scope. Remember, we've had a lot of pending investigations with Nexium. So that'll show. That'll show us a lot right now. It'll show us a lot because Hillary Clinton is entering into the scene now. Hillary Clinton is entering into the Nexium scene now. Investments kickbacks, money laundering. So this is all coming out. So what does the house of Democrats do? 
What do the members of the Democratic Party that are sitting in the House right now that are supporting and purporting this fake notion of this fake Trump Russia collusion? They are mesmerizing those across the nation that don't like Donald Trump. I don't like him. He's just abrasive. He's not well-spoken, which is BS. He's one of the most eloquently straightforward speaking people. I, I, I admire the shift out of him, right? He is straight to the point. Yeah, he waffles. All of us do, especially when we're not scripted. Have you seen any of the other clowns when they talk unscripted? Serious, except for Hillary Clinton, who you have to admit is very articulate very intelligent and very well put together. I mean, I've read some of her papers from back in college, uh, you know, an opinion she did. She is very, very intelligent compared to other presidents. Have you seen Bill Clinton speak unscripted? Oh my God. Uh, she is the master with a silver tongue. And unfortunately those in the house that are driving this narrative are not. And what I'd like to see is how they will respond when other sections of the Mueller report are given to them or they're advised on what may be in them. Because that'll be a very telling time for them. It'll be a time where they will see that they are unable to mitigate because the mitigation in itself will incriminate them further. I mean, they tried to accuse the president of the United States of obstructing a crime that he never committed. How do you think it'll work out if they're caught obstructing a crime that they have committed? Think about it. Because the only thing that can save them right now is mitigation. But unfortunately, Mueller has been removed. Rosenstein is complying. So is Mueller. This is why we haven't seen Mueller. And I don't know if Mueller will actually appear at the house. Because that's at the end of May. There's a saying in Greece... Who lives and who dies tomorrow? Tomorrow is not promised. So what happens between now and May where they invited him? <laughs> Could, let's just put it this way. What Mueller did throughout this investigation, the omission of certain facts should have him indicted for not doing his job. If anyone obstructed justice throughout this investigation... It is the team of the Mueller investigation themselves. They did not follow the rule of law. They did not go in it with good faith because good faith is necessary for an argument in a court of law. And you know what's strange is that for some reason it is being inferred by the mainstream media that it is Congress that will decide if there was obstruction of justice on a crime that the president never committed. So did the president obstruct an investigation into him for something he didn't do? Do you get what I'm saying? 
So that's pretty interesting because Congress has no right to indict or to prosecute anybody. They can make criminal referrals. But when you have a special counsel that spent $30 million and came up with absolutely zero with completely manufactured data as well and couldn't make it stick, then you're pretty much SOL and there's no way you're going to make it stick. But what they want to do is drive out and extend the narrative of Russia collusion as far as they can for the 2020 elections. But now that Mueller is gone because the right choice was done, and I have to admit, for installing Barr, the deal was walk Mueller out of the barn. End it. Because as long as he's there, I can't do anything. Yes, and he did it. Do I trust Barr? No, he did his part of the deal. Could be the part of the deal of him not being implicated in the other crimes that are going to be coming too. You'll say, well, what crimes? Do you know how many things were done under Barr that will be linked back? Because there is no statute of limitations in defrauding the U.S. government. There is no, as a, as a, employee or an elected official. Okay. Cause there are statutes of limitations, of course, but those will be brought up. Remember the first step act was very important. That was an attack directly to Hillary Clinton and what she did imprisoning mass imprisoning people to make what slave labor legal and William Barr facilitated that. Today, this weekend, I mean, Good Friday or Easter Monday, one of the two, it's dropping. I mean, I guess it would be Monday though, right? Monday, Easter Monday for the Catholics, Easter Monday for, 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 for us Orthodox, it's great Monday. Who's going first? Any, any, any picks? I mean, I'm seeing resignations left and right, but I know that Rod Rosenstein is going to be leaving. He can't leave yet though. Cause we still have a lot of things to do. We still have a lot of other things that you need to tell me why Roger Stone, you know, has been indicted. You need to tell me how you collected this information for Flynn and how this was put together. And you also need to tell me how this um, FISA warrant was renewed again and again, and you signed it too. You also need to tell me how Mueller was picked because it seems kind of funny that the guy that was talking with Cohen in 2012 and was using MOUs to spy on President Trump back then as an innocent civilian under the guise of MOUs from 2012 and over, how he then accidentally gets installed as the special counsel, which was something planned by Comey, his old buddy. On that 